Good morning, dear people. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Queer Sounds, a podcast that examines queer folks' taste in music. My name is Hannah, pronouns they, them, and with me today is Janneke. Janneke, welcome. Hey, thanks. Hi. Um, Janneke, please introduce yourself. Your name, your pronouns, what you do in daily life. Um, so my name is Janneke, um, pronouns, uh, pronouns she, her. Um, what I do right now is I am still studying. I do international music management um, and I'm very close to graduating. So fingers crossed. All right. How close to graduating are you? Like a couple of months? Yeah. So your thesis doing hopefully. all right? Hopefully. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the plan anyway. I mean, what's... Um, you know, studying music management, I reckon um, you're very close to the matter or how does that go? Give us some insight. <laughs> well, honestly, like I've been doing stuff in music for, well, say eight years, I think. Um, I started out um, writing f like my own music website um, in Dutch, by the way. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, And yeah, I mean, I've always been doing some type of stuff in the music industry. Um, so yeah, it did. It didn't change much for me. But though, to be fair, now I'm not sure I still want to be in the music industry. <laughs> All right. What made? How come? Um, I think my life has changed a little bit. Um, yeah, I always expected to move to London and do some type of music industry stuff there, but now. Yeah, life happens. I yeah, guess. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to mention where you're going to move because that's none of my business. But um, <laughs> what makes what what makes that you don't want to be in the music industry anymore? Um, well, like I said, the me planning on moving to London. Um, I always feel, and no offense to anyone listening, but, but I feel like in London you really don't get the chance to grow up, if that makes sense, because you always because it's so expensive there and like making a music industry wage like it's not great um and i feel you always have to live with four housemates and stuff <laughs> mm -hmm. um and i'm not sure that's what i want with my life and you're saying that based on your experiences when and, you lived yeah, in london yeah and a lot right? of people i've met as well um i've done an internship in london and i've met a lot of these people i sort of <laughs> no offense but don't want to turn into <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm not gonna ask for names because that oh, I mean, no, they're they're great people. Don't get me wrong. It's just I'm not sure their life paths or what I want to do. So. Like just the your it it lacks a sense of maturity, so to say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's for me is the big thing. I think. All right, it's just you're just not cut out for the music scene party. You no, know, I don't think so. No. What? How come? Because you know we've shared a drink or two. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, like I said, life changes. My priorities kind of change now, um, which I think is also because, you know, I met my boyfriend and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think it sort of changes my life. How do you look back on your time in London? Ooh, I'd say, I'd, I'd still say now it was the best time of my life. All right. Which kind of contradicts what I've just been saying, I think. <laughs> But yeah, no, it was great. Like I, it was a great timing for me as well to go there. Um, it was 2016. Um, it was just a few months after I broke up with my then boyfriend. Um, and I wasn't in a great place um, mentally, I'd say. But then moving to a place where I didn't really know anyone. Um, yeah, it was so great. Like I sort of changed into this whole new person. So yeah, it was wonderful. I reckon it's and then changing a whole new person in a good sense, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm so happy I done I've done that. Yeah. All right. Um, diving into your music taste, we've got our first track lined up. Um, it's from the White Stripes, like that.
Right on. The White Stripes from the album Elephant, uh, track called Black Math, uh, released 2002, uh, re-released in 2013 because of a 10-year anniversary, etc., etc., etc. I love that break in the middle. Where is this gonna go half time? Like that, uh, all of a sudden it's, it's it's fun and ragey and jumpy, and all of a sudden just kind of breaks down. I really love that about that track. Really get energetic by this track. Uh, jumping around, moving moving around, moving away from the microphone, even though that's a thing I definitely should not do as a host. Um, Yannicka, tell me. The White Stripes. White Black Stripes, Mask. yes. Um, so, <laughs> it's a long story. Like I, The album I grew up with um, must be... like That was definitely Elephant. Um, so, when I was young, when I was about seven, I think my parents got divorced. Um... And I think, like, I was, we would spend the weekends at my dad's, um, and at some point he had bought this album, and it was all we listened to on the car rides over to his place for years, and it still, it still holds, like, a very special place in my heart. <laughs> oh, that's, that's adorable, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the way, the way you said that. Um, and out of White Stripes, why this specific track? Ooh, yeah, I think all of the songs, like, I, I know this album front to back, um, but I think this is the one I was most excited about seeing live as well. Right. Um, so, last, I want to say last year, we, me, my dad, and my brother and sister, we went to see Jack White, which was super cool, because, like I said, I've been listening to The White Stripes when I was a kid. Um, I have for years, um, and I hadn't seen him live yet. Mm -hmm. up until last year so it was super cool to see him with my dad and my sister and my brother um, right. and i was hoping because he always does some white stripe songs um mm -hmm. i was hoping maybe maybe once he'd just skip seven nation army <laughs> yeah no, that's um, like one of the mandatory nope. songs in it yeah absolutely and i think the dutch crowds don't want to hear anything else anyway yeah um so yeah no um but that song i think i was most excited about hearing live because honestly i would mosh the shit out of it did you um no because no, he didn't oh, play yeah. it oh yeah I, all right. I, I definitely would have yeah Shut. i would have shoved my my siblings around and <laughs> created a mosh pit right then and there yeah yeah no but uh we briefly talked about it uh while the track was playing uh or or earlier that um the white stripes is like the common denominator in all of your music tastes like right yeah i think is that's definitely the first, yeah, the first musical, like, memory I have. <laughs> right, yeah. Is this like, um, the, is, it, is it your literal first introduction to, like, rock music as a whole? Well, yeah, I think so. That, and I think my dad also listened to a lot of classic rock type stuff. So, yeah, I've, that's, I think that's where I sort of started. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are we talking about when, when it comes to, like, classic rock, like, America? That's more folk, really. Honestly, I should know this, but I really don't. <laughs> so maybe maybe stuff like Pink Floyd. Um, um well, more prog rock, there's but... one song that sort of pops up, and it's Barracuda. Oh, all right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, that falls... yeah, that's definitely yeah. Yeah, the the the, the Guitar Hero track, so to speak. <laughs> um, yeah, no, brilliant. Uh, back to Jack White and the White Stripes, though, because what do you actually prefer? Like, do you prefer White Stripe stuff over Jack White solo stuff? Uh, raconteurs um. yeah I would say White Stripes probably just because it's so um, like like I said that's what I grew up with um, it just it's the nostalgia I guess yeah um, yeah so I'd say the White Stripes I mean that's also kind of the, the the point of this little segment I've got going on right here isn't it like just just for the sake of nostalgia so yeah like I said all the car rides we would just blast that cd and sing along and <laughs> yeah all right like uh fist bumping out of the window or <laughs> yeah basically as a seven-year-old does well i wasn't seven i would let i'm lying now i think i was 10 or something all right yeah which would make your siblings like what five and three no it's 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 a two-year gap between us like so okay so, so i'd be 10 uh, my sister six. eight yeah. yeah all right sounds like a lot of fun little bit about the white stripes you know 
y'all know the story. Like, they said to be siblings, but instead they were married just for the sake of avoiding paparazzi, etc., etc., etc. Back to your siblings, though, because you're pretty close with them, right? Oh, so close. Yeah, absolutely. You got a sibling type of tattoo going on, you told me I on the bus here. I do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I got it two-ish weeks ago. Um Yeah, my my sister has had one for years, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get one, I'll get one. Um, and now I finally did. Um, so now um, it's up to my brother to, like, complete the trinity. <laughs> <laughs> so um, did did your sister accompany you to the studio? No, she did not. Oh, that's a shame. Were you allowed to pick your own music? Because, you know, some tattoo shops let you pick your own music when you get tattooed. Oh, no, they didn't. I was It was in some sort of, like, a communal like area anyway so i uh no yeah. i didn't get to pick my music oh that, that's too bad because... though though i must say this when i was like at first i was like oh this is fine this is fine and then at some point i was like oh dude i swear you've hit this spot for like you've hit this spot like a thousand times now <laughs> can you please stop and then at that point hotel yorba by the white stripes comes on and i was like oh this is good <laughs> oh that that's that's some that. coincidence right there <laughs> So that that really pulled you through, or yeah, kind of did, yeah. That sounds like a whole lot of fun, but it's it's kind of disappointing that you didn't get any of your siblings to, you know, get on a hand squeezing duty. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Was it necessary oh. because it was your first tattoo, right? It was my first tattoo. Um, my boyfriend actually joined me, um, but he just sat in the like waiting area as right. I. No soldiered up and <laughs> went in. Yeah. So no, I was I was okay actually. All right. Um, sounds like a whole lot of fun. Moving on though, because uh, this is you know your typical song from the childhood. Um, where did you go from there? Where did your music taste develop? Ooh. Um, <laughs> I think I had this best friend who I don't even talk to now, um, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, no, we. Uh, I think we met when we were about. 12 and she listened to stuff like tokyo hotel and stuff which wasn't my thing personally um but at some point she went to this tokyo hotel show in rotterdam i'd say mm -hmm. um and they <laughs> they were supported there by this dutch band um called only seven left Ooh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah i know um and she was super into them and she was like oh you really need to come to the show with me blah blah so we did and i think that's where it kind of started when i was about 15. all right um yeah so all these bands that are connected to them like destin and all that stuff like yeah i think that's where i really started out and oh and my first the first gig i went to without um, parents was the Jonas Brothers. Oh, and, um, that's great. Yes, I know. When was that? Ooh, 2009. So, yeah. Well, all right. All right. Yeah. So, but that that's still um, there. There is a pattern here because they're all like people with guitars uh, in, <laughs> of a pretty young age. Yeah. So yeah. um, was that just the thing you're into, like the pop punk kind of sound? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was it was quite quite accessible, I'd say. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember back then, I was like, oh, my God, um, listening to stuff like A Day to Remember. Oh, my God, this screaming. I can't take this. This is too <laughs> loud. And now I'm just like, really? <laughs> uh, but, the, but you know, saying that Only Seven Left has been your gateway into pop punk, that's kind of... bold. Con <laughs> yeah, it's controversial. <laughs> yeah, well, what can I say? Oh, uh, Everyone yeah. was 16 once, weren't they? <laughs> That that's fair. That's fair. Do you do you still listen to similar stuff uh, like Call It Off, uh, that kind of bands? I'm not really into pop punk anymore, but yeah, no, Call It Off are cool. Um, great guys as well, and yeah, their music is pretty good. Like I, yeah, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm excited about that being on the radio now. All right, that's cool. Um, speaking of pretty good musicians, uh, you know, we talked about Jack White. Would you say he's one of the greatest musicians of all time? Did you check his recent albums? To me, yeah, but that's mostly be just because I love him. Um, right. Objectively, yeah, I think he's he's up there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's up for debate if such a thing even exists, right? Because you mentioned it's all subjective. Yeah, it is. It is, really. How about songs, like greatest songs of all time? Does such a thing exist to you? And if yes, what song would that be? Oh, you know what? I, I even struggle to like get like create this list for you <laughs> which 
I, I mean, I like a lot of music, but like creating like a top four or top... No, I mean, that's really hard to me. I always need a, real, a long time to think about that. So I'm, I'm not not sure I could give you just one right now. I mean, if you want, you can just... What's the first thing that pops into your head? Ooh, um, well, one that always gets me really excited is um, Stevie Wonder Superstitious. All right. <laughs> so... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Like I say this now, and I sound super, um, like, <laughs> like I know his music. I really don't. I just, I think I just know that song. <laughs> right. No, that's fair. <laughs> what about that song then? I mean, I just, it, it just gets me really excited. Like it's so happy. It's such a nice tune. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's it sounds happy. Would you would you say you would you say you'd listen to? Would you say you listen to funk more often than that? Just or just Stevie Wonder? I think just that one song, to be honest. All right. Um. Yeah. Let's uh, let's just dive into the second song. Um, it's the queer artist of the week. Um, none other than Trashboat. So the band's called Thrashboat. Uh, song's called The Guise of a Mother uh, from the album with... Uh, I always love albums with lo- nice and long titles. Um, this one being Nothing I Write You Can Change What You've Been Through, released 2016 through Hopeless Records. Yeah, I was just thinking, oh, I'm just saying, like, I don't listen to pop punk anymore, blah, 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 and this is what I come up with. Though, to be fair, I think... These guys are one of the more interesting pop-punk bands. Um, I really like um, this dude's voice. Um, yeah, I just... They're different than the state champs and things. How are they different? Like, just from... That's more raw, less yeah, overproduced? Yeah, absolutely. It's less all-time low-y. Right. That makes sense. It does make sense. I mean, I feel like all-time low really did set the standard for pop-punk after, I want to say... 2008 yeah yeah although uh, i mean i did have moments where i was really into autumn low with oh yeah don't get me started yeah no i I've will had, get I you have, started I, this is a podcast we're talking I'm about music sure so. i have all their cds and i ha- i even have i think i might have a band shirt somewhere in the back of my wardrobe still all right um yeah no i was very into them yeah, uh, I remember that when I still lived at my parents' house, I actually had a poster of them on the on on, on my wall. Oh yeah, you weren't alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm shout out to all the people that still do, although I've kind of moved away from Autumn Low. Yeah, me personally, like it's absolutely fine if you do listen to them or like them. It's absolutely fine. I mean, it's not like their music's bad. It's just for me, it doesn't really do anything anymore. Uh, I mean, I really don't like uh, their stage presence, though. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of so gimmicky with the bras and the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually really problematic at some point because uh, the the one time I did see them live... The one time? Oh. Yeah, yeah. And that, I got you beat then. I must have seen them like 10 times or something. <laughs> yeah, no, and it was really recent too. Like I saw... It must have been 2016 when I finally saw them live at some point. Wow. Yeah. Um, even though I listened to that band for like, what, a decade? I think one of the members, they were like shouting out at the, at, at the people in the wheelchairs, you know, up on, up, up on a little platform. It's like, Hey, what are you doing back there? Are you like on, on, on like the, the, like the timeout bench? Uh, oh, no. yeah, ah. yeah, pretty painful. Back to bands that I do consider worth talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. 
just just missing here. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's it's it kind of feels pretty painful talking about autumn low. It's like it's it's uh, don't consider it to be a black page in my music taste, but I don't know. It feels it feels so embarrassing. Um, but yeah, no, Thrash Boat. Um, Queer Artist of the Week, it's singer uh, Toby Duncan. Yes. And you can't spell Toby without by, so. <laughs> Good one. Uh, yes. Yeah, there we go. Um, I read this interview with Toby um, about keeping careers and um, sexuality separate. And he is really putting in an effort there. Like um, this, this, this interviewer uh, really tried to get some juicy answers out of him. He's like not giving anything. It's like, yeah, no, the only thing I do when it comes to my sexuality combined with the lyrics is um, using multiple gendered pronouns depending on what person I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, so um, not very much of an activist at that point. How about how about you? Uh, why did you pick this specific song? This album uh, that came out in 2016, um, which they recorded with um, Dave uh, Dan Campbell from The Wonder Years, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah, he appears on one of their songs as well. Um, the Strangers, it's called. Um, anyway, I really liked this. Was this came out when I was um, living in London, um, and yeah, I really liked. Uh, they were so exciting to me. They sound different, like I said, different from the all-time lows and stuff. And this track, yeah, it's just I don't know. It really hits me. <laughs> I think it's yeah. And that uh, being lyrically or emotionally, lyrically uh, right. both, I guess. Yeah. How about uh, LGBTQIA plus people in um, music altogether? Because you know that interview that I briefly mentioned with Toby, uh, he said that he didn't really have any any idols, idols being in quotation marks because you know. Back in his day, Freddie Mercury was basically the only, the only known not straight person. Uh, how did you experience that? Do you do you share that feeling? Um, I think. Well, I mean, in my day, which I think I'd say is now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think there's much more um, diversity now, um, which like Halsey and stuff, uh, who is quite mainstream now. Mm -hmm. um, she's super open about it. Um, yeah, so I think times are changing for the better. Um, so, yeah, no, I think it's nice to see. And I feel like, in a way, like, the rock scene has been somewhat open about it and, like, open-minded and, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, At least that's my experience, because I'm sure there are different experiences. Oh, uh, yeah, there, there definitely are. Uh, I mean, we can talk about... Toxic masculinity in music, but then oh boy. we could go on forever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's actually quite funny because um, you know I asked you beforehand to uh, to deliver the list of what songs we're going to use in 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 this podcast. Uh, we actually had to cancel like two songs because we already covered both of them. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Panic at the Disco against oh my God, me. Brendan Yuri. Yeah. When he came out as pansexual, boy, was I excited. <laughs> <laughs> Who wasn't? Um, yeah, no, but you know, it's 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 great that there is more diversity in here to a point where it's actually common knowledge. Uh, at least I think it is. Uh, but that made be just me because you know i read up about that kind of stuff uh fun little little, little fun fact uh toby duncan actually mentioned in that same interview that brendan yuri was like an ongoing crush oh amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah no circling back to him um toby that is um i sort of like i think i follow him on twitter or something and i saw him tweet about um when it, i think it was national coming out day or something or something mm -hmm. related to that anyway um and i saw him tweet something like oh yeah i've never felt the need to come out as such um and he said i'm just greedy <laughs> which i thought was <laughs> funny um but no i kind of felt that way as well um i've never really felt like i had to tell people or uh i just like who i like and yeah mhm mm uh but I do remember you posting like something on your Insta stories, like "Happy Bi Visibility Day" or. Oh yeah, no, and and oh. that's like I'm I'll happily post about it. It's just not like that's not for me 
coming out, really. I mean, I'm open about it. No. Yeah. But to me, it didn't feel like, oh, guys, I have to tell you something, this and this, blah, blah. So, no. I mean, I mean, yeah, that it, you'll be honest about it when it comes up. And, um, yeah. But that's uh, that that's actually pretty similar to Toby, isn't it? Like, like, exactly, yeah, which is, is what I, I really liked reading that. So, I was like, oh, that's nice. You know, like, I'm the same. So. Yeah. Is that uh, so that 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 kind of low key actually being defined by a sexuality? Is it a kind of a is that is that a kind of a statement? Like it's just you as a person not being defined by being bi, being pan, being. Um, no, I don't think I no that doesn't define me. Um, but it's not a thing I don't share. Like it it still feels like I'm part of some community, if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, no, in a way, it does define me, I guess. Um, so yeah, so but that's just like the feeling of belonging, I think. Right. Um, that, does that make sense? It, I feel like it does make sense. I, if I can just rephrase it, see if see if I can make sense yeah. of it. Um, what I'm hearing is it's an inherent part of who you are. It's just not a, a specific selling feature. It's not what people I think should be judging me for. That's exactly like they should judge me for what I do, the way I talk to them, you know. All right. Uh, so, could you be more precise? What should people be judging you for? Cool. <laughs> well, if I'm a dick, like tell me, <laughs> and right. you can you can think I'm a dick if I do stupid things and be mean to people. Then yeah, no, that's what they should judge me for. All right. Uh, what about? Um, actually carrying stuff out is there stuff you actually actively carry out like uh say uh feminism or something like that do you speak up about to, to people if they're being dicks um yes i do um, uh, can you give me any examples of, examples of that well i mean if someone like it happens all the time i think um when people just you know there's this one thing i sometimes like do And I know it's not worth my time, but sometimes on Facebook, you know, you have these white, middle-aged, dumb men that just spread hate and, like, are so negative about people or women or anyone, really, that isn't mm -hmm. them. <laughs> um, and sometimes I just sort of, I just need to post that one comment to, like, <laughs> shut them down. And that's all I do. Like, I don't, I don't want to enter a discussion with them because, honestly, like... yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not gonna help yeah. um but like oh my god that stuff pisses me off but then i'm like oh my god i shouldn't be wasting my time on this <laughs> yeah so you, do you do you, you you don't get into twitter wars or like comment wars just put that one comment and whoever replies replies yeah yeah all right so you do speak up it's just not um uh, You know what? In Don't real get life, dragged into discussions. Yeah, exactly. And in real life, I feel like I only kind of surround myself with people that are like the same as me. Like they're mm -hmm. open-minded and just nice and, you know, so I think I surround myself with the right people so I don't really have to speak up face-to-face, -face, if that makes sense. Right. How do you tie that back into uh, music management? Like did when you when you did your internship, for example, did you prefer working with artists who were also like uh into feminism or not not cis not straight i mean one of the internships i did was at epitaph records mm -hmm. um and they are like a huge punk label um and i think one of these one of their main things is like inclusivity um you know fuck the system like <laughs> um so yeah i think in a way most bands were like feminists anyway um, right. vegan feminist all that stuff like yeah so it, it was great to work with those people yeah do you have any uh what are the most fun stories from there any what what's the most fun artist you've ever worked with i've ever worked with um i really liked working with culture abuse i liked working with propagandi who are mm -hmm. super nice um yeah those were up there for me i think And I mean, we've uh, uh, we've seen Culture Abuse together uh, back uh, back in October. How did you get in touch with Culture Abuse? How did that go? Um, yeah, so like I said, I, I worked at Epitaph Records for a bit, um, and they, you know, they were on the label, and they just we had lunch with them when they were in Amsterdam. Um, I think last year at some point. Um, so we had lunch with them, and they stayed at our office, and they're just really nice like down-to-earth guys and super um 
yeah, like nice, nice people, normal people. <laughs> All right, but that still sounds pretty abstract. It's like they just walked <laughs> into your office and you just happened to be there or were you like assigned to work with them? No, like they, no, I wasn't assigned to work with them. Like they just, it was kind of like a friendly visit, like, hey, um, I mean, we do obviously work on their music, uh, mm -hmm. but when they when they're there, it's just like oh, just catching up and stuff, which uh, is really like a family vibe, I'd say. All right. Um, so yeah, that like that was just really nice. So um, just gonna paint the picture here. Culture abuse walks in. Uh, you're just tap tapping away behind your desk, uh, doing what you do. Yeah, I meet them for the first time then, because obviously they know all the people from the office, but I was the new intern, so, you know, <laughs> right. I meet them, um, you know, just, like, make small talk, as far as I'm any good at that. <laughs> it's like, so, so this band walks in, they're tired from touring, and in they walk, being like, hey, how's the kids? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, basically, yeah, that's what it is, really. <laughs> okay. Uh, how do you stay in touch with those bands? Like, are you were you in charge of that? What did you do at Epitaph? Ooh, what I did, I was um, the promotion assistant intern, you know. So mm -hmm. what I did mostly was, you know, obviously a lot of people write stuff about our bands. Um, and I sort of had to keep track of everything, <laughs> everything, everything that was being written about our bands, um, which is a lot of work, I should add. Um and then, yeah, like stuff like setting up interviews and um, tour schedules and that stuff. Yeah. Uh, setting up interviews, you just called the band being like, hey, be there at that time. And they'll be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, no. So it's mostly through email or managers or whatever. So um, we'd get a like a press request from some magazine, maybe in France, maybe in wherever. Um, and I would call, not call, I would email... Um, like their manager or or the band themselves like sometimes it's just like the singer or whoever um and i'll just say hey we have this and this um request would you like to do this um if so what time do you think you'll be at the venue um what time do you think you can meet this journalist blah blah blah, blah. so basically being like the middle person the middle man <laughs> right did you uh, discover new bands through Epitaph? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that, my favorite, must have been Culture Abuse. All right. So yeah. you, you weren't familiar with their music before? I wasn't, no. Okay, cool. Um, so from there, you just kind of got into their music, went through their shows. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so last year, they released um, Baydream, their album. Mm -hmm. um, and I just listened to that so many times. It was I, I really liked it. All right. Sounds pretty cool. It's a shame I didn't get to, like wriggle them in <laughs> in this list but oh yeah no not today not today maybe next time um <laughs> as soon as one of the members comes out who knows uh speaking of the list of songs we brought uh it's time we move on to uh, to the next track arcane roots long and low Arcane Roots um, from the Left Fire EP. Janneke, wow. you saw them live 2017? I did. <laughs> Paint the picture for me. How did that go? Okay, so the upstairs room in Paradiso. Pretty, pretty venue. It used to be a church, I want to say. Yes, okay, that's cool. exactly right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a pretty venue. Great, great band. Um, yeah. I had a few beers, I had a lot of tears, <laughs> that that was my show, yeah, it was so good. How, yeah, and with, uh, with this song, I mean, um, starts off very energetic, very screamy, and then all of a sudden it just breaks down into this very soft, calming little waltzy bit. And that's exactly what I love about this band, like the dynamics in all their songs are so good.
wake me up again I'd die if you were around to pick me up again How did that uh, how did that translate into a live show? Oh yeah, they they are like some bands they just play music and like the rest is you know whatever lighting they have oh that's fine mm-hmm. but this band they do everything themselves they create a huge life uh, like a light show um they do everything like the all the creative concepts related to their music they do as well so the imagery um music videos everything they think about everything that well used to anyway because they are no longer a band oh that's too bad yes i was <laughs> cut it yeah oh shit um did you go to see them live because you knew they were going to break up was the goodbye tour type of thing um no i didn't uh like i i think uh they only announced it when i, I i'd already seen them a few times anyway um i think the last time i saw them was the last year in the summer uh 2000 trees in um where is it again? Somewhere in England. <laughs> right. Um, so you've seen them before. How often? I think I've seen them, I want to say four times, maybe three times. So, yeah. All right. And then um, out of all uh, the times you've seen them, you picked uh, the show in Paradiso as your yes. favorite. Yeah. Because of the venue or was there something about their show that made it just that much different? Um, well, I mean, festival shows are not my favorite anyway. Um, it's just a whole, like, they can't really control the lighting there as well. Like, of course, they can bring their own, like, lighting and settings and stuff. But, you know, in an in an open field, in the middle of the day, it just doesn't do as much as yeah. it should, really. Um, also, the intimacy of the Paradiso venue, yeah. All right. great. I can really imagine it, you know, with, with both the, the screamier and the, the 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 softer bits like both of those things just work better when you're in, when it's in a dark room Absolutely. isn't it yeah and it's just three dudes as well oh oh really yeah yeah they that's, do a lot uh, but for three people they they managed to put up all the sound that's quite impressive Absolutely, yes how did you uh came across arcane roots oh you know i don't know it might have been during my time in london maybe don't remember actually Right. Oh no! Yeah, I, I remember now. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> okay. Bring it in. Um. So, in London, I went on a few dates with this guy who had a great taste in music. He introduced me to quite a lot of bands. Right. Um. We don't talk anymore. We had a good time. though. <laughs> it was nice. Like, he introduced me to some of the bands that are now my favorite bands. So yeah, like um, Arcane Roots. Any other examples? Oh, um, you know what? And I'm quite embarrassed to say this, but I never really used to to, to listen to Biffy Claro. All right. Um, and yeah, so he sort of got me into that as well. I do feel like they fall in the same category, like Biffy Claro and Arcane Roots. Kind of, yeah. Um, um, I think I've also read on their Wikipedia page that they actually draw inspiration from each other, or used to. Oh yeah, could very well be. At that show in Paradiso, uh, they didn't play this song, right? Nope. Fortunately uh, not. What what was one of your favorite songs that they played there? You know, they they mostly played off their new album, um, which I don't remember the name of now. Mm-hmm. Boy, do I feel dumb. Um, so yeah, no, th- like all their music is just, I don't really have a preference. I like whatever they play because they do it so well, you know? Right. And that's also what makes them stand out from all of the other shows that you've been to. Yes, I would say so. I yeah. mean, more than Tokyo Town, the Jonas Brothers, more than all of the 10 times you've seen <laughs> All Time Low. I mean, Jonas Brothers are up there, I must say. <laughs> but no, I... I Top I'd two? Ha- yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not sure. But yeah, no, this, this one, like I said, I was basically bawling throughout <laughs> the entire show. So yeah, no... 
um, I would have to pick this one. What made that emotion happen? Like, it's just the intensity of the music? It's or... definitely the intensity, and it's not just, like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I feel like they, um, like, all the senses are getting something, like the, the light show, um, the, the sound, of course. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, to be fair, I did have some beer, which always helps with the tears. Right, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, no, there. It's just so, so beautiful. What other artists have you seen live apart from the ones that we've already mentioned? Like, what else is up there in your um, list I'd of favorites? I'd say Fatherson are super as well. All right. What about Fatherson? Uh, because I'm not familiar with that band, actually. Oh, I have okay. never checked them out. Okay, so they're a Scottish band. Um, I think they've been around for quite a few years now. I must, like, probably 10. I think they met in high school and stuff. Um so yeah, no, they. Uh, I think they they were or are signed to some Sony subdivision, maybe. I I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. But they are so good. The singer, like his voice, is so so good. <laughs> Great. Um, getting back to um, Arcane Roots, um, because you know, you, like you said, it's very dynamic music, very emotional music. Is that also what happens when you just listen to them at home? It's like, do you listen to Arcane Roots when you're feeling particularly bad, to, just to get everything out of your system? Um, well, there <laughs> there were quite a few times when I was just on the bus and feeling maybe a bit miserable or something. I put on this Left Fire um, EP, and I would just almost like burst out in tears. Um, but you know, that's a bit dramatic for the bus. So I just, I don't know, it's just so beautiful and just when you don't have to think about things and. Um, and so you can like fully focus on the music, then yeah. So just the the, you'll allow yourself to also pull your eyes out, like mm -hmm. when you're just lying in bed listening yep. to Arcane Roots. <laughs> Do you have other artists that fall into that same category? Um. Well, I mean, I'll I'll have to go back to Fatherson again. There, like I said, their music is so beautiful as well. Um. So they have some songs that yeah, do that for me as well. <laughs> other bands, no. I mean, I am a crier anyway. Um. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure. Like, there's not one really that pops into my mind where I'd, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm such a crier that even when I saw 303 come on stage, at some point I cried a little. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's not because their music is so <laughs> yeah. so um, emotional or whatever, but I just I was just excited to see them. And like I said, I'm a crier. So. Right. Tying back to the other end of the spectrum, like, what what's the type of song that you listen to when you're, like, extremely happy and jolly good mood? Like, I listen to these um, pre-made um 50s and 60s playlists a lot right um so yeah no that that stuff is really really good as well and, and also i feel like i've been listening to that um a lot last year um because i was kind of like sick of all the stuff i was listening to like all the pop punk stuff and you know i don't know i felt like i needed something new and then this was quite the opposite of new but still to me it felt like a welcome like change of pace so what artists are we talking about like um uh, well, james brown yeah the temptations uh, all that stuff um stevie wonder superstition <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no like a lot of like i said they were pre-made playlists so i know all the songs i can sing every single word of them but you know coming up with the names now is just all right, I'm, I'm, I reckon it's just like part of the, the, the Spotify playlist culture. Absolutely, yeah. That's If you give me a second, I can just look up whatever they've got here. All out 60s, all out 50s. Do you do you listen to playlists a lot? Yeah, I do. I, it's a, I think it's a nice way to discover new music as well, new artists. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so yes, I do. I uh, One I really like to listen to is the 2000 Trees one, the festival one. Um, so they always include obviously all the bands on their lineup in them um right which is nice because they they have so many new bands that you've never heard of um, but they're so good so it's really nice to you know discover new music from there getting back to um the section of uh, best live experience what band have you seen live the most like out of all bands you've ever been to <laughs> i think only seven left might be up there. All time low might be up there, which I'm all like slagging off now. But you know, <laughs> I mean, it does sound like bands you've seen a lot in when the I was six. Pop punk scene. Yes. Um, it does. But comparing only seven left, all time low is like that. Sounds like two bands that could be opening for each other. Yeah. Is that 
haven't they no i don't think so but yeah no they very well could have all right i found um in the meantime i found that all out 60s playlist yeah um includes the beatles the monkeys neil diamond oh neil diamond yes yeah i mean i can only say um Sweet Caroline and the Dun Dun Dun, you'll have to fill in yourself. And that's just one of them, one of them songs that everybody can sing. Everyone can sing along to. Yeah. What else we've got there? Uh, Beach Boys, The Kinks, Gary and the Pacemakers, and a little bit of R.E.S.P.C.T. Aretha Franklin. But you know, out of them, you never had the feeling like you know what I really like this artist. I should look up more of their stuff. You just stick to the playlists or. You know, it's easy. Um, though to be fair, like a like a Neil Diamond or whatever, I do um, like tend to listen to their albums and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm quite a lazy listener. I'm not gonna lie. All right. I mean, that's that's fair. Talking about Neil Diamond then, because uh, when you said '50s '60s, I was thinking a little bit of more soul uh, soul R and B, but instead you stick more to like the 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 base of the base of rock music. Uh, and and modern pop music is that deliberate choice or you know what no because i didn't create this playlist but no i think maybe yeah, nobody, yeah, yeah. maybe you discovered something there i don't know glad to help a uh, <laughs> li- little bit of insight but to be honest uh talking about neil diamond i'm browsing through his spotify page right now and i can hardly recognize any of these titles and i'm a bit embarrassed by that i'm a bit a little bit, just a little bit. I thought I would know a lot more by Neil Diamond than I do, because that sounds like such a typical, typical thing. Typical that, household name, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's fine though. You're basically a walking music encyclopedia, anyway. I wish. I you wish. are. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 great. Like that uh, in in the Spotify age, playlists like these help discover like old music. Did you notice you started listening to? old music more in general like through those playlists is that something you also would have done at some point without the playlists you know what i don't know um i'm not sure how i would have had access to that music anyway so it's not like um your dad being into jack white also being into classic rock tying back even further to neil diamond um you know what no i mean i mean my parents are not huge music listeners anyway um like i said my dad listens in the car but it's not like he'll turn on like whatever cd at home i think like yeah so no it's just yeah i never really had that influence as such so you had to discover everything yourself and this is just kind of how it went yeah i think so yeah do you think you've been missing out on a lot of great music that way in a way, yeah, no, I know there there are so many people I know that have parents like with a lot of records and stuff and they could like browse all through these uh, collections and listen to stuff. So in a way, yes, um, not blaming anyone, of course, but like it yeah. would have been nice. What uh, what what sparks the fire in you to go and look for new music? It's just the you urge know, to find know, something new or? Um, yes, because I sometimes, like I said, I, I kind of get bored with the stuff I listen to. And I, like I said, I'm a lazy listener. So sometimes I sort of resort to the same artist, the same 10 songs or whatever. And <laughs> I just get bored of that eventually. So that's why I sort of go out and look for either new music or, well, older music, but new stuff to me. So... Yeah, well, speaking of new music, uh, that brings us to the final track of today. And it's really funny to notice because whenever I ask people what's their most recent discovery, it's something that's completely different from all of the other tracks. Hmm. You being no different. Like we've had uh, someone who listens to a lot of punk and then comes up with like this Italo disco type of bouncy electronic hmm. electronic stuff. Um, someone who listened to like the the more standard pop classics, last one being Charles Bratley. With you, we've been talking mostly about pop punk and um, you know a little bit of a little bit of the more guitar music, and final track being one of the modern pop princesses, if I may call her that. Let's dive right in. Strangers by Sigrid. Okay. 
Secret Strangers. Uh, Neusch Singer, one of the most uh, promising names in music, if you ask me. Um, she doesn't even have an album out yet. I oh, love that. Really? Yeah, no, she's got uh, two EPs, I think, maybe one. And uh, Strangers isn't on any of them. Although the single dropped like uh, in 2017, so oh. about two years ago. Yeah, you can tell I didn't really do my research. <laughs> and I did. That's why I'm the host. <laughs> good, um, good. Yeah, Saving no. me. Um, uh, Secret's debut album. Um, it's going to be called Sucker Punch, released in two weeks, I think. Yeah, uh, March 8th is when the album will drop. Um, you know what? She, she, did you know she's only 22? I did not, no. Yeah, she's younger than both of us. Um, Feels good. <laughs> does it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of all gives us the sense of, 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 of aging. I'm not a fan. <laughs> um, I mean, I've been saying that I'm old and getting even older since, like, I'm 16. I don't know. Been complaining about my back for the past decade. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I've always been complaining about them teenagers with the music nowadays, but <laughs> now here I am, the pop trash that I am. And one of the most selling features of Secret, uh, at least for as far as I've read up on her, is her life presence. Because unlike most pop pop divas, she isn't actually a diva. She's just like standing there in like a blank t-shirt and not fully, not not using any choreography, that kind of stuff. And, of course, you build up a routine, but, you know, from what I've heard, Sigrid is a little bit more authentic than your other pop divas. How did you come across Sigrid? Also, like, through playlists? You or? know what? No, I, I, um, I saw this band, this English band, Presto Miko, and they've recorded a handful of covers recently, um, and this was the one they released as a cover. It was so good. I was like, oh, I kind of feel like I know this song. I may have heard it before. Uh, but th they were the reason I s decided to check out the original. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, no, that's how that happened. And uh, what well, they, what other um, covers did they release? Because I don't know. Were they I think this, I, I think I've seen some like on my Facebook feed, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But this was the one I decided to check out. Um, and you know, it was a good thing I did because I really like the song, and they are so good as well. That band. Right. Uh, do you listen to more pop? Because you know, uh, like I mentioned, all of the all of the guitars, this is the obvious odd one out. Yeah, I mean, I do like, I mean, I do like pop songs. Right. Um, I love Ariana Grande. Who doesn't? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I love a pop song as well. Yeah, to what extent is it important that, uh, or at least for you, bands uh, or pop singers also carry out the feminist aspect of it all? Because you mentioned Ariana Grande and she, is, she doesn't shy at Twitter feud. Do you occupy yourself with that? Check um, what's going on? You know what? I'm not like, it's not, I don't pick my musicians based on their activism. Um, mm -hmm. Though I must say there are some bands I obviously shy away from, like, or like boycott in a way, um, mm -hmm. when they do behave in an <laughs> unfavorable manner. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, um, just to put it nicely. And you said you... Uh, Discovered Secret through um, pop punk slash emo bands who cover pop songs. How often did that happen throughout history? Because, uh, you know, we talked about Thrash Boat for a second there, uh, Sunbath Hopeless, um, famous or infamous for their Punk Goes albums. Isn't, isn't that Fearless, right? Isn't Fearless? I'm not sure. I think it's Fearless. Doesn't either way, either way. way. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, you know what? I think I most of the songs that were covered by bands like Day to Remember, State Champs, I think I knew the songs anyway, like Kelly Clarkson, right. you know, and um, Shawn Mendes, like you'll, you'll have heard that song, even if it was just in some shop, like even if you didn't put it on voluntarily, you, you right. will have heard it. So no, I don't think that happened a lot. No. Um, with Seagrip, uh, um, is that, did it also come forth out of your desire to discover new things um this one being you know really really, really recent instead of like 60 years old 
Yeah, I think you know what? Like I <laughs> I just told you this like um my phone died quite a while ago, so I I've resorted to using my old iPhone 4S. Um and the software is super out of date, so I cannot install Spotify on my phone, which is like a huge huge bummer. Um so I'm kind of out of touch with music really. <laughs> it's cuz that's that was the main um you know, my main music source. Um, so now I'm not really listening to music very much at the moment. So yeah, no, I, I really, um, this is probably why I didn't um, discover her before. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, no, um, I, I'll, I'll be happy to listen to any any sort of new music right now. How about like collabs? Because, you know, we talked about this again on the bus here, like uh, Halsey collaborating with uh, Travis Barker from Blink-182. Because, you know, that's a very recent, that's a very recent thing. Um, like the, the scene intertwining a bit more, the frontiers between what's alternative and what's pop start to fade a little. Mm -hmm. uh, do you consider that to be a good development? Because I do. Oh, I really do as well. Yeah. How would you, how did you see that in your own music taste? Like, how does that tie back into what you listen to? Well, I mean, I'm... I used to be this kid where I was like, what's 18 or whatever. Um, and I would be like, this was after I thought um, the screaming and stuff was too loud. So I sort of got into that and I listened to like A Day to Remember, which I know is quite like, soft still compared to whatever's out there. Um, but back then I remember, oh, pop music sucks, blah, 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 blah. Right. <laughs> I was being one of those uh, yeah, elitist those dummies. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no. Um, but now I've sort of, I'm like, like I said, I'll listen to Ariana Grande. I'll listen to Arcane Roots. Um, so yeah, I think my, my taste in music is sort of, you know, broadening as well. It's kind of fascinating, isn't it? The way people grow out of that, that teenage uh elitism mm -hmm. how so, long did that take for you probably longer than it should have i don't think like I, I don't remember when i started listening to stuff like ariana grande i think it must have only been two years ago maybe all right but yeah no i've um i think when i was about 21 that stuff sort of i became more open-minded and you know looking for new stuff so i think that's when that happened for me. What what else are we talking about there? Like Ariana Grande is one example. Can you name any more? You know, like one of the bands that sort of helped me get out of this, um, like one genre type thing would be, and I know it's not, not a great example maybe, but it's 21 Pilots who just sort of mashed right. everything together and just got away with it so well. That's true. So when did you start getting into 21 Pilots? Did you start to accept rap more in your music taste is that a thing that happened i guess so yeah it's not something i'd look for in music per se uh, but i don't mind it no but it's not like because of 21 pilots or say other bands that include rapping uh, i want to say lincoln park uh, it's not because of them you started listening to de la soul and wu-tang no not for me anyway i'm gonna implement a little bit uh something new here uh, that I haven't done with the other episodes yet. Kind of want to get an overarching question into this podcast being what role does music play in your Yannicka's everyday life? In my everyday life, it has done so much. Um, like you said, I study music management. Um, I have been to so many gigs. All my friends, like I've met through music, through gigs or through um, that music website I used to work for. Um, that's how I met you as well. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's done so much for me. It's how I met my boyfriend. Um, it's how I, it's why I moved to London. Um, it's why, yeah, no, basically everything I have is basically due to the music I listen to, so. With that, I think it's about time we're gonna round up. Once again, I want to thank all of the people for listening. I want to thank Yelika for being here. Um, this has actually been really fun. Uh, I'm glad I am glad I invited you over. This, yeah, is, this has been great. Um, for questions, suggestions, or just to say hi, uh, you can get in touch with the podcast through my Twitter handle at Touches of Dare. And I'm gonna see you all next time. Ciao.